Hey, there he is. What's sorry. going on, Chad? Hey, man. Sorry about that. It was just a little bit of um, a connection issue. I finally uh, I think I'm connected. So We are connected. This is great, man. Welcome. Thanks, Jesse. Man, this is so cool to have you here um, to this new and exciting chapter. Um, man, it's, uh, it's an absolute honor and a privilege to talk to you, man. And um, for those in the know, I'm talking to my really good friend, Chad Atkinson, um, special effects god, I would consider, of, uh, of many, many great feats. Um, any of notable mention that you want to sort of uh, put out there? Yes, yeah, you know, 25 years, um, kicking it off with Starship Troopers was the first one, uh, Alien Resurrection, then I did like the Hostile series at one and two of those, and then in the recent times, I've done um, uh, like Patrick, some really um, low-budget uh, Australian-style horror, um, so yeah, 25 years of it. That's crazy, man, that's so cool, like, I mean... I'm sure you've seen and done just about literally everything there is to do in your particular field as well, right? Sometimes, yeah. yeah. There's times that you're like, I've done this before, but uh, everyone's, I think the uh, the drug that keeps you in it is that there might be that next thing that you haven't experienced. So that's always the, um, the you know, the carrot on the end of the stick there. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. And like, um, you know, being, being that this is like a, a show that really deals with triggers of happiness in our lifetime for you if, if we can be so bold as to reflect on say a childhood memory for yourself what was there a particular movie or um moment that sort of triggered um triggered you to to want to pursue this yeah there was several actually it's funny that you say happiness i don't know if some if it connects to happiness but um that maybe the there was a kind of a rush, kind of a joy with with films. Um, uh, I, you know, being a huge fan of horror and heavy metal and all that sort of thing, that whole world um, kind of connected around the same time. I I heard Judas Priest, a Screaming for Vengeance album. Yes. And yes. that was the same time that I saw American Werewolf in London and... Ozzy Osbourne's Diary of a Madman was introduced me, to me at the same time as The Thing. So those wow. two things, you know, are still with me. I, I have to watch horror movies. And I have to watch or listen to heavy metal. And so yeah. that's the early sort of joy for me. Mm. But getting into the actual films, I think it took um, watching Jurassic Park, um, as silly as it is, I, I think that was the trigger that actually pushed me into wanting to pursue it as a career i thought seeing the those dinosaurs i thought that was like really amazing um never got to work on a dinosaur movie but um, that's what pushed me uh into the career that is that is so cool and um you know the, the fact that you specialize in the practical aspects of special effects that that uh they're you know with, with today's um you know cgi and all that do, do, do you find you know the old practical effects more uh, relevant than ever yeah i do because there's new filmmakers always budding and yeah. and it all has to it comes down to budget every film yeah. has to do with budget and yeah. you can you can have your, your ferrari and all, everything that you want there but if you can't afford it you know you got to go back down to the old shit box 
uh, Holden, you know, and mm. do it practically sometimes. Yeah, that's it. And that'll get you over the line, you know, sometimes. Yeah. Um, and yeah, we deal with a lot of guys that are in, in girls that want to do zombie films. And, um, mm-hmm. and you can't really do that digitally. Yeah. I mean, some aspects you can, I, I you know, for blood cleanup. Yeah. Um, but mostly uh, it's just us. It's just doing it practically. And, and everyone mm. really enjoys it when we're on yeah. set. Um, doing it that to see a real zombie or see a real monster on set you can see it in the crew they're like yeah that's what i got into this for to see something mm. on set not be on a green screen you know that's really, yeah it's really soul crushing to be on a green screen set actually oh it would be I, I i couldn't imagine like anything worse i mean i i don't know i just like i've listened to quite a few discussions about practical effects and stuff and like it's funny that you mentioned that thing because i mean the thing is one of my all-time favorite yeah. films and as it is for many of us um i mean just some of the the art I, I like to call it art magic but just some of the art magic that went into it like the um the blood test scene and and you know mm. some of the uh multi-head um special effects i mean you know seeing all that sort of stuff for you early on did that really sort of inspire you and drive you to pursue you know um going over the top rather than playing it safe um unfortunately i've never had the opportunity to be on a surreal sort of set like that i've never had a director i wish i had that experience it would be amazing to have carte blanche to go never say never yeah and and to have somebody like john carpenter come up to you and go hey here's the script Tell me what you think. Yeah. And it's going to be bonkers. And you come up with yeah. the most bonkers stuff. And then, you know, let us know when you're done and we'll start filming from there. And that's what Rob Botin got to do. Um, yeah. He had himself set up at, I think it was Universal Studios. Um, he had his own spot. And then wow. he'd go, wait a minute, I'm not ready. And yeah. eventually, you know, he'd bring out whatever the, the gory creature was. But they, yeah. That 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 is a gem. You don't get those type of films, and it would be really no. amazing to have that experience. And I think that, the, <laughs> yeah, but I mean, the stress look, would be horrible. Oh yeah, it would be terrifying. I mean, like, you know, like working with someone like Tarantino, I can imagine it would be that would just be a a cool but almost nightmarish experience as well, because those guys really strive for perfection in effects and that, right? Yeah, they absolutely do, and um, they've had return when I was working for a K and B effects group, uh, I, I, I did 10 years with those guys, um, from was it 99 to 2009, something like mm-hmm. that. Um, yeah, they, you know, they got to work with Tarantino from the very beginning. So they had, I think a bit of Re- reservoir dogs, but I know definitely Pulp Fiction that they, they started early with, with Tarantino and they did from dusk till dawn and, and all that sort of thing with him. Mm. And uh, also uh, Robert Rodriguez. So they started early with, with those filmmakers. And so the trust was built early on while they're, while Tarantino was still, you know, sophomoric in his filmmaking. He trusted like Nicotero and Berger and Kurtzman, you know, to do amazing things that he asked. And then, then they would push yeah. it a little bit further too and give yeah. him a couple freebies. And, um, and when, I, when I got it, had a chance to work for Tarantino and Rodriguez is they listen. You can see that they stand in the workshop. They listen to, you know, the effects guys and girls and go, okay, Mm -hmm. yeah, I like those ideas. Those are great. This is what I'm thinking. And it's the collaboration. And you can't have 
a great director like that without the collaboration. So of course, yeah. Because I've I've heard also like especially with people like Tarantino, there is a like um, most people probably wouldn't know this, but there is a real art to getting blood right on screen. Would you uh, agree with that? Agree, one hundred percent. Yeah. 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 The trick to it, I mean, yeah, I mean everything from lighting, the color of it. Yep. The viscosity of it, how it's <laughs> you know flying across the room, and it's funny as I, I teach workshops and uh, how to do this sort of thing uh, occasionally. Every probably twice a year, I'll do a a blood workshop called Bloodlines, Bladders, and Blowup Heads. Oh, I'm so coming to the next. Yeah, one. you should. It's it's really yeah. funny. You don't, you don't have to be um, into films. It can totally be a hobbyist, and it's you get yeah. the idea of how we make blood to blowing up a zombie's head and do a cutthroat gag and how it all sort of works, you know, and, yeah. and you get to operate things. Um, and so that, yeah, I, I sort of teach that how are you going to get around some things and questions get asked, like, how do you make it look good on screen? And, you know, it's also, you know, it's working with everybody. It's working with the lighting crew and it's working with yeah. the camera, you know, make sure your frame rate's right, all that sort of stuff. So yeah, there's, there is a bit of an art to it. The, yeah. The other part of it is the cleanup. So that's the other trick. So you, have, you can right. do your amazing thing, but it usually takes about 40 minutes to clean up our, our mess. <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> but worth it, right? I mean, yeah, it's great on camera, man. So yeah, I, that's what it's all about. That's it. Um, are you a fan of like some of the old school blood effects? Like, uh, not that this is a conversational just about blood, but um, like, say, some. I, I remember Tarantino talking about the the old Japanese uh, blood effects of just using red paint and how effective that looks on camera. Are, are you a fan of that simplicity of that? Um, yeah, to the degree. I mean, that that stuff is more um, theatrical, uh, right? And and it's and it has its purposes. And with the bright red, it, it's telling the story. It's a striking moment. You know, it's yeah. the life the life is coming out of someone and it's you know, so bright on, on purpose. It, it's part of the story. Um, yeah. I, I, it has its purpose for that. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, but nowadays we're, we're getting so anatomical. Um, I mean, like even the wounds that we're creating with prosthetics are hyper real, hyper, hyper real with, you know, we're using silicon skins and, and then we're making bleeding tubes to make it really anatomically correct. You know, it's supposed yeah. to bleed in the right spot with the right viscosity. And yeah, to the point where like, you know, medical professionals are, you know, questioning what we're doing. So that's it. And that's kind of a huge compliment, wouldn't you say? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and like um, y- you operate uh, Stingray Sushi Studios, which... I've had the absolute pleasure of um, and and privilege of being able to check out. Yeah. Um, ha- how long have you been operating um, that studio for? So um, my business partner, Jack Charlton, and I started this back in 2018. He and I know each other for, uh, I think we're 12 years now. We met on the Pacific. Yeah. HBO's uh, the Pacific. And I came over from Los Angeles, part of the prosthetics team. And um, we worked together. And that's where we met. And um, we both won Emmys for that. The whole t- the whole team won Emmys yeah. for that for that um, show. Um, and then congratulations uh, again yeah, for that too. Yeah, by the way, thank you. <laughs> yeah, it's just funny. It was like every year it comes around. You're like, oh my god, we did that. Um, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, we we met on that, and 
we've along the, the path we both worked in films and we're like oh, let's we should do something together we should collaborate and and, and work and and try to pick up work you know against the other effects companies around here you know and and we have a shot at it we've both experienced we've both been supervisors like why not you know have a crack at it and so um that's what we decided to do we got um kind of our teeth cut with a sci-fi film called occupation rainfall and um, we're asked to make a bunch of specialty costumes alien costumes so we made all that for them in a lickety split amount of time and, wow. and i hired my students like i was saying that i had a bloodlines class but i had a, yeah i had an uh, advanced prosthetics class going on at the time and we um we hired them to come in and help we made all the suits out of eva foam which is the stuff you make you know yoga mats out of and um there it was a great learning experience for them and and we like i said we put together our our show on that and our, our workshop and um yeah so jack and i've been working on tons of stuff for the last That's two so years cool. yeah we pick up he does all the dental prosthetics he's a wizard yeah wizard with that and so um he'll he'll pick up that end of it and and then we'll do props and and then we did a film called uh House of Inequity, which is a, a indie horror film for Josh Hale. He um, he wanted us to do a bunch of blood effects, cutthroat That's so cool. things, and there that was a great lot. And then we um, we had Love and Monsters. That was our next real biggest uh, film. And he and I, Jack and I, um, were props manufacturer uh, heads of department, and we had a huge sort of huge amount of props to make for this post-apocalyptic monster kids movie um it's i think it's coming out in uh, april here but it's it's been released since october in the states but wow. real fun type of film a lot of mutant monsters and post-apocalyptic weapons that we had to make for it and, but we're still trucking along we've we picked up a few more films and tv shows we do uh i'm a celebrity get me out of here oh cool <laughs> Um, and is as funny as it is i don't really watch those shows but um they always show up with some random stuff for us to make and uh, we have a good time and why not yeah i mean that that that, that's you know some people like they'll they'll talk about their their jobs and stuff but you get to talk about a really cool job which you have an amazing job like you get to make things bleed and i don't know make cool props and I don't know that that's um, that must be a real treat to uh, wake up every day getting to do that. It is. Um, I, I I do feel blessed at doing it, and I've been doing it that long. Also, that I um I, re- I still Jesse, I still think back to when I was a a student of the arts of it, and and that's all I wanted to do. I go, I, I want to be an effects artist. That's my thing, do or die. And yeah, and basically, I had nothing in my car from college. Me and my, my, my mate, we um, jumped in my little uh, S15 um, Chevy pickup truck. Oh, wow. Tiny little thing and drove all across the States and had nothing. We both had nothing. And um, we, yeah, we both built careers from that, that time. And um, yeah, it was, um, there's nothing else I wanted to do. I still have to be creative. There's just no way yeah. around it. I have to have art around me. I have to have music around me. Um, I, I tried normal jobs before and I feel soul crushed, you know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. And so I figured, you know, you get one shot at this, Yeah. go like hell, jump off the cliff, you know, and, and do it. 
And um, I caught myself. I just made myself, that was my job. Forced myself to do it. Get up and do it. What, a, what an amazing accomplishment, man. And, and um, it, I love the way that you talk about the passion of, um, you know, being able to do a job like this, but also combined with a passion for music as well, especially heavy metal. Um, that's, um, they just really both go hand in hand, really, don't they? They do. And it's funny. And I always go, how the hell did that happen? And, um, mm. and I, I know a few other effects guys and they, <laughs> we all sort of wear the same clothes do um, the black rock shirt, black metal yeah. shirt. And then occasionally you'll see the, um, the camo shorts will come out, you know, and then, then the, <laughs> and everyone has the black, you know, slip on boots work. And it's like, oh, yeah. God, is this our uniform? You know? So, um, yeah, it, it, it stemmed from the eighties. There was this crossover between the two with, uh, do you remember nightmare on Elm street three dream warriors? Do you remember that? Oh, wow. Do you remember that one? Yes. And it's such a good movie. But the, there was Dawkin did the theme song to it. Yeah, Dream Warriors. <laughs> and I, I I still remember that film clip. Yeah, so it was a cut between Dawkin rocking out, Dawkin and Rockin', and they <laughs> and then they had cut between that and the movie. And I was a big fan of more of you know, you know Freddie. But I was mm. like, Oh my god, there's like this whole metal and um slasher movie crossover here what is this and then they did it with friday the 13th too that part, yeah part six i'm yep. i'm uber i'm super nerding right now but um no nerd away please <laughs> but part six <laughs> had a bunch of stuff in there it had alice cooper music in it and, yeah um i think it's frankenstein in that one maybe feed my frankenstein yeah <laughs> Yeah, maybe I think that's maybe what it is. I, I think it might have been it. Um, my I haven't seen it for such a long time, but yeah, yeah. and uh, yeah, so I think that one was yeah, so anyway. There was a bunch of those like Trick or Treat and, and... uh, Trick or Treat. How good is that movie? Now, which one are you talking about here? You... Okay, let's talk. Let's talk about the eighties Trick or Treat okay. with the 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 kid that um... Eric Price from yes. Family Ties. Yeah, that's yes. With the uh, with Gene Simmons playing the J. Yes. And yeah. Ozzy's in it? Yes. Yep. Playing a, was he a TV evangelist, I think yeah, it was? Yeah, he was the evangelist. But it's funny yeah. is that the band is Fastway. And, yeah. And that is um, uh, Ed, uh, Fast Eddie's from Motorhead's band. Right on. So, the, <laughs> which is funny, it's like this this weird sort of demonic lead singer, Sammy, yeah. is it Sammy Kerr? And, um, and yeah, the band is fast away. And I remember ha- my brother having the, the cassette tape to that. I'm like, oh my God, he's got the cassette tape for fast away to, I thought that was the raddest thing. That is so cool. <laughs> so, so you, you, uh, you stole your brother's tape naturally. Yeah. Oh, heaps of yeah. this shit. I, I have like, <laughs> what did I have of his that was these weird crossovers, like ACDC highway to hell and things like that. Nice. Nice. Oh, I think Motley Crue, Shout Out the Devil. Anything that was demonic, devilish, uh, yeah. I wasn't supposed to listen to. Um, I was, it was, that's what it was, uh, I was being uh, kind of fed myself. I think it's that rebellion, isn't it? Like you just, you get told, uh, don't watch that horror movie, but it just gives you more the, more the reason to go forth and do it. It is. And you know, it's funny, my dad used to sit and watch horror movies and I'd want right. to come out and watch movies with him when I was really young. And yeah. um, and I, I couldn't I couldn't handle it. I couldn't handle the visuals. I couldn't handle the sound. 
and I'd hide behind his chair, but I want to hang out with him. And, and you go, what, what's the problem? And I, yeah. I go, ah, this movie's scary and there's blood. And he goes, and he started explaining it to me. He's like, the blood's not real. It's like, he goes, it's like ketchup or whatever, you know? Yeah. And I go, what do you mean? You know, he goes, you can't kill people on TV and movies. That's not what they're doing. He goes, it's all fake. So he, he started like, come out, look. And he, and I just plugged my ears because I couldn't listen to the screaming. <laughs> and, <laughs> and I started watching it. And I actually, as a little kid, started breaking the visuals down. And it started like laughing about it, like, ha-ha, laughing with him. Like, oh, that's, that's just a joke. It's not real. And then I started seeing the fakeness in it. I'm like, oh, shit, that is fake. Yeah, man. And I was like, that's really interesting that that's, I've been tricked the whole time with the sound and the, and the visuals. Um, and then I started what was it? Fangoria magazine. They'd, they'd show you how to make the stuff. So, Oh, wow. Those magazines were, well, they still are religion, really. Like, um, just Fangoria, Famous Monsters. Yeah. Those books are just incredible. I was the only kid, Jesse, that had them. And, like, my best friends, wow. they're, into, they're into skating and cool shit. And, um, but I was the only one that would go and get a Fangoria. I felt like it was, like, a weird sort of porn fetish i didn't i don't know yeah. I was like i felt embarrassed but i also like had <laughs> to have that magazine and i would get it and my mom was like you know she's like what is this this is horrible looking imagery on here i'm like yeah but look in the back there's all these cool like sculptures and and how to do this stuff and she's like okay whatever halloween crap yeah <laughs> and uh because oh yeah go ahead oh sorry sorry i was just gonna say because the advertising and that that's what really got me into those magazines yeah. was the all the cool advertising that's right like build this make that i was like yeah dude i wanted that yeah there was there's it's funny that there was guys that are now pros in the industry that yeah. would you know have little vcr uh you know, vhs tapes that you could buy from them showing how to make um you know pullover masks and wow yeah it was really cool you know and then there's like schools or you can buy masks from don post and um yeah all those places it was it was so cool and that was the 80s too you know that's it that's incredible bmx man. plus that's... and what was it bmx plus thrasher and fangoria were my three magazines oh wow <laughs> that's amazing and the thing is is like you know people could you know people can say whatever they want today but it's like i feel like people today are sorely missing out on the nostalgia and the greatness of of those kind of magazines and those, you know, those, some of those really great movies, like the thing, like trick or treat, all those sorts of things. Just the, I don't know, just something about the morbid simplicity, man. Yeah. I think, um, I think you have access to so much now that it's kind of, I don't know if you even have like your own little click or gang to sort of talk about it with. And maybe, I mean, mm. they're out there. I mean, obviously there's, there's groups that you can follow like, yeah. like mindedness, but you know, but it's not like when you're a, a kid at high school and, you know, uh, you, you you didn't have mobile phones and that and you would just go to your mates the next day, yeah. oh, I checked out this really sick movie and, and yeah. you just talk about it or, you know, everyone else saw it and then you'd have a group discussion. It was, I don't know, just really exciting, right? Yeah, and, well, I didn't have that, Jesse. I, literally, like, I was, I was kind of a... I was a kind of a crossover, kind of a Ferris Bueller sort of character. Mm -hmm. I was an art nerd. Gotcha. I was, yeah. I was a um, jock too, because I was in all the sports. Wow. Yeah. And then you know, so but I was into all this horror shit, and 
Yeah. And um, I couldn't really tell my friends and girlfriends about it. It's like, I guess sure. it was like this private <laughs> thing. I'm like, let's go watch a horror yeah. movie. And I'm like, yeah. Yeah. And then uh, I go, oh, you got to watch this and that one and the other. And they're like, oh, maybe maybe not. That seems a bit much. I don't want to see that yeah. kind of level of horror. I'm scared with, you know, Evil Dead. They're, they tell you, you know, so. And do, do you find, like, just getting back into the gore side of things, do you think, um, do you feel like there's a real story um, that the gore tells us? Um, I, I'm trying to shape the, the question the right way, yeah. but, like, Say, say when you look at something like Texas Chainsaw Massacre, and I'm talking about the Tobey Hooper 74 classic, um, you know, just like the way that he approached some of those scenes, like driving um, driving the girl through the meat hook or, uh, you know, driving the chainsaw right up the guy between the guy's legs, those sort of pivotal moments that you just never forget. Do you find like there's a real story told in those moments in comparison to... I, let's just cut someone's head off in a movie sort of today. Yeah, because the first one, the um, the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre was implied. You didn't actually see any of the gore. So your mm. brain filled in the rest of it. You, your brain yeah. your brain really told the rest of the story, what happened to the girl on the hook and the, the being cut in half by the chainsaw and that sort of thing. Yeah. You didn't, you yeah. didn't really see anything that was too... No. Ri- I mean, there's a... You know, look. The characters in there were pretty scary, you know, but as far as mm. gore goes, I think the only thing that you really, what do you see that cut in the leg maybe at the end? Yeah, yeah. And a couple little things, little bits of blood here and there. But nowadays with the uh, gratuitousness of it, I mean, I don't know, it's just that sort of level of, you've seen so much before, how are you going to push it now, you know? Like yeah human centipede kind of thing like yeah I hear like we're gonna gross you out i mean i worked on the hostile movies and that that was a pivotal moment for torture porn they were calling it and we, we were yeah. we were hearing it on set like eli mm-hmm. is like oh they're calling me you know the to- you know torture porn king and all that sort of thing <laughs> um and eli's great and he loves yeah he loves what he loves. He loves cannibal holocaust. He's a huge fan of it. He loves yeah, all that Italian and um over the top stuff. Um yeah, like the the old zombie films and that. Yeah, he 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 loves all that. And so he tries to emulate yeah. that look and, and everything and the shock yeah. value to it. Um I, it's not really my bag. I really like I like the implied. I really do. I think mm. I like to do the stuff, I like to do the gags. Um where they're appropriate um but yeah uh you know i think it's just um what it is now (laughs) you have that Mm, level pretty much you you know yeah it's not that it's too much does it does it serve the story you know if it does cool yeah you know yeah and i think that's what we we love about movies like texas chainsaw massacre halloween the thing jaws uh even the exorcist you know just that whole it didn't give away everything to us visually it made us, it like you say, it puts the idea in your head, and your imagination has to do the rest. Yep. Yeah, and I think I think it's important that we use our imaginations. Um, but like, if you start, you know, there's so much material, there's so much stuff to watch. Yeah. Like, what's gonna grab you? I think that's what they're trying yeah. to do. I, mean, you get, I get it. You know. Yeah. Totally, man. Totally. So, um, it, just in closing, uh, do you have like a top three um, off the top of your head? Um, top three sort of 
doesn't have to matter what genre, but movies of, you know, that incorporate special effects that really just since childhood really dazzled you. Um, and as well, um, a top three of uh, heavy metal that um, really drove you to uh, creativity. So to top three heavy metal albums, is that what you're asking? Mm-hmm. And top three yeah. um, of special effects movies. Well, the top yeah. three special effects movies, um, you know, most people in my field, usually they go with American Werewolf in London. They go with yes. The Thing. Um, but there's other, you know, I, I like also like The Reanimator. There's some yes. intense stuff going on in that movie. Very much so. Um, and often kind of forgotten. But um, yeah, I, the first two for sure, I'm a big fan of which inspired me is return of the living dead. Um, there it is another crossover with punk and, <laughs> yeah. and zombies, but the effects in that, that Tony Gardner from Alterian studios did in that film is just great. And it really inspired me to do like the puppetry and that sort of thing. And yeah, I put that in the, the top three. I, I really like that movie. Cause you got the tar man that comes out of the basement. Yes. Top three metal for me. Uh, I'm going to go all the way back to, um, well, geez, I'm a big Black Sabbath fan. But what kicked it off for me first was Judas Priest um, screaming for vengeance. (laughs) You got another thing Cummins on that album. That was the first song I ever heard that was metal. And I was like, this is the raddest shit ever. Uh, Especially that voice. Yeah, that voice. And he still holds it pretty well. Oh, man. My God. Um, Yeah. Look, uh, I can't name one Black Sabbath album. It might be the first one, but yeah, because um, <clears throat> I have a best of album. I really like that one. It's got a mix of all. Of them. Uh, they they're usually the they they're great in themselves, man. Yeah, but I, I like. Um, I'm a big fan of Mastodon and High on Fire. Uh, right on. Yeah, geez, just picking the album themselves. But look, Faith No More is is, is yep. in there i have to i have to listen to them quite often so um geez i think that's the harder one for me is picking the, the metal yeah. ones you know absolutely but that's the great thing about it there's so much there's so much great material to draw from both in film and in music and yeah it's it's wonderful it is wonderful it makes me happy <laughs> exactly <laughs> that's the whole point of this show it's what makes us happy that makes me happy i love I'm, it i'm happy talking about happy. it I'm, I'm, anytime anyone wants to talk about it and you know oh geez yeah I, I light up yeah man that's so cool uh chad thank you so much for the chat man i really appreciate it um it's been a very happy chat let me say that it's yeah it's a pleasure jesse um yeah and good luck with all your, your stuff that you got going i know you got some crossover between metal and some yes sir so we can't wait to see that as well hell to the air man thank you so much man no problem jesse take care thanks for having me thank you